Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Tyson Day, alongside Daniel Anardi. In our podcast, we interview guests that bring a fresh perspective on topics that are vital for you to thrive in your life and career. Our approach is casual and always curious. Through our guests' insights and our debriefs, we hope to help you develop a career full of purpose and meaning. In this episode, we explore human and social connection with Chris Hope, the co-founder and chief barista in the 100 Coffee movement. We talk all things connection and the exciting movement that Chris has started. Thanks for tuning in and please drop us a line at hello at arrivethrive.com.au on any topics or guests that you want to hear more of. And if you've enjoyed the last episode, please share with a connection and write a review to keep the journey going. Hope you enjoy. Chris Hope, welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. Thank you. Thanks Thank for joining us tonight, mate. That's all right. No worries. Thank you for having me. How are you both? Dan, Chris, how's your day? I'm good. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this all day, mate. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm excited as well. It's yeah. great. Great to be on. I've got a coffee as well. They got me a coffee, which is really nice. So It's appropriate, it's appropriate for the 100 coffee. So. 100 coffee movement. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. One coffee every hour. <laughs> One a week was enough. <laughs> yeah. So, mate... Um, Dan and I know a little bit about your story, but I think for our listeners, it'd be great for you to give them a snapshot around what you've currently been working on for the last probably two years um, and where that's leading now with your career. Yeah, sure. So um, I guess if I take you back two and a half years ago, I was working in sport. Um, So I had a role at Football Federation Victoria um, as a program manager looking after the referees development and education. And really for me, I always wanted to do more. I always had this kind of um, sparkle really that I really wanted to go and do other things and have more of an impact in the world and the CEO at the time was doing an MBA and we talked a lot about doing an MBA and what he was learning in the MBA and I thought this is really powerful and this is really a way for me to be able to have an impact in the world Um, something that I've always really valued is inclusion in the world and making a difference Mm. so for me I decided to enroll in MBA at RMIT uh, uni and then that really changed my whole life and as I started that process I was going through a difficult relationship at the time and a few things weren't really aligning with my values in 2016 and I decided to I decided to meet 100 new people yeah and when I said that guys I was sort of like how am I going to meet 100 new people and of course uh, we're in Melbourne so coffee was the way to meet 100 new people and (laughs) it kind of just went from there I sort of had a coffee a week and then it turned into 50 coffees in 50 weeks and then eventually ended up with 100 coffees in 100 weeks and across that journey I went around the world and it was in seven countries. Um, I spent some time in the Philippines and doing an internship for my MBA, um, which was fantastic and did some work with UNICEF there as well. And yeah, really then following on from the project, really wanted to use that for more of a social impact. And I think loneliness is a huge issue in mm. society and social isolation. Yeah. And that's when I came across Simon Hahn, who's now the co-founder of the 100 Coffee Movement. and. I was actually at Melbourne Soup, which is a social impact meetup, so we'll give Melbourne Soup a bit of a shout out. So, yeah, nice. Um, that was great. So, um, yeah, and we talked about Simon's background and some of his passions were very much aligned with my own as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we decided to create essentially a movement, a startup around trying to tackle social isolation and promote healthy connections in society. And here we are tonight talking about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Mate, it's so like. It's funny because in my head, I'm like, I, I don't know where to start in terms of asking you, like, how you yeah. came across <laughs> such a project because I think it's, it's, it's really unique. And um, I know whenever I do like lecturing around career development and networking specifically, where yep. I was talking about going out for coffee, you know, ask someone out for coffee. But the fact that you have teed that up 
100 coffees, 100 weeks, seven different countries. Mate, what's the planning that's got to, got to go yeah, into such, my diary, such a project? I had a pretty good, pretty good um, hold of my diary yeah, <laughs> for those two years. Um, you must be sending Google cows out like that. Yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was handwritten actually, my diary. But oh, yeah, I was Google, also yeah. the follow-up with the Google, Google yep. cow as well, so that was good. Um, no, look, it was kind of trying to um, organise coffees weeks in advance, I guess. It was kind of like, and towards, obviously as the project went on, it was kind of like, you know, Tyson or Dan, do you want to be coffee number 35? I'm doing this project. I'm yeah. doing 50 coffees or 100 coffees in 100 weeks. And people would sort of say, oh, this is kind of like a cool thing. Like, yeah. I want to be involved in this guy's project. And mm. I'm happy to be coffee number 77 or whatever number <laughs> they turn out to be, right? So, And often I, I wouldn't tell people, right, yeah. at the start. But towards the end, I found that people were really interested. And mm. yeah, it was definitely a bit of a logistical um, yeah, operation trying to keep, keep it together. But yeah, I, I had no issues, to be honest. Only once... Um, there was a coffee that where, where I was meant to meet an executive in the city and he cancelled at 3.30 on Friday and mm. one of my rules for the 100 Coffees project was that it always had to be between uh, Monday and Friday yep. and I always had to go to the other person's location of choice I think people are more comfortable uh, when yep. they choose where they are so I had to um, find someone else and sure enough the receptionist was there James and we managed to uh, managed to convince him to have a coffee with me which was great so Amazing. he was coffee number 80, 81 I think so that that was the only time the project was kind of in danger of being um, yeah being cancelled. But yeah, other than that, it was pretty pretty straightforward for me to be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's so awesome. Mm. Can you take us back to so you were doing the hundred coffee project when you were doing your MBA at RMIT? Yep. Yep. Can you take us back to when you started your MBA and I heard in your TED talk for those listening at home, Chris has got a TED talk that he did at UniMel. Um, and you mentioned that you felt like you were lacking human connection in your yep. own life. Yep. Can you touch on that a bit? Yeah, so I think that I was going through a really um, challenging time. I kind of, I think we've all been there in our life. We've had a relationship that hasn't quite worked out. We're probably working in a job that's a bit too comfortable. Um, and yeah, a few of the things just weren't going well for me. And I remember sitting with my best friend and we were talking about what were the things I really valued and what was important to me. And, and towards the top of the list has always been human connection. I've always been that guy that knows everyone's name at the supermarket. Mm. Um, you know, that's really important to me to make people feel included and, and welcome as well. So um, I thought, yeah, what better goal to set than to try and meet a hundred new people? And yeah, certainly at the start, it didn't um, it didn't change my life for sure. The for the initial coffees didn't change my life, but I think when you combine the MBA experience with that meeting a hundred new people who were all from different industries, that was the most powerful aspect of it. Um, and what I would do every Sunday was I would go and write about my experience. So I think the self-reflection aspect of this project was probably what I got the most out of, was that I would write, what did I learn from that coffee? How could I apply that to my life? And what was I grateful for? Chris, I love this. <laughs> you take it from me. I'm absolutely roaring, mate. Because it's so great that you're on the show talking about this type of thing because we, we're such big believers in positive social connection yeah. and in reflection on that yeah, process. Yeah, sure. And the fact that you were just going like, you know, I need to capture this, I need to capture how these conversations are sparking my thoughts. It's yeah. awesome. That's yeah, awesome. thank you. Yeah, and some of those some of those notes are one line, right? Some of them are, you know, just a couple of words. But there are others, particularly when I was overseas, my time in the Philippines, where people from very different backgrounds to my own I met for coffee. Mm. Um, they were quite philosophical, some of those conversations and, you know, views on the world and how things are very different in that part of the world to here and how they have different values to us and I think yeah. we can learn from each other as well and some of those notes were very long um, mm. and when yeah when you read back at them it's quite some quite powerful um, 
yeah, quite powerful motivations in there and quite powerful lessons for me as well. So I think the key takeaway is, and you know, we said it before we started this tonight, is that everyone has a story and I think yeah. that that's really important. Um, you know, I said it at the end of the TED Talk, go and tell your story and connect with others. And I think yeah. that that's, that's really what the 100 Coffee Project taught me is that everyone does have a story and that everyone can teach you something if you do listen to them in a genuine way. Mm. And the transition now, mate, into the 100 Coffee movement yep. and your ethos and, and the mission of this. Can yep. you just explain that to the listeners? Yeah, sure. So um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Simon Hahn and I came together um, and then with a couple of other friends as well and we decided that we really wanted to turn this into something much bigger than my own project and yeah. we saw real traction with this as well and I think that organisations have a lot of issues with social isolation um, even you know international students at universities for example as well and I think generally speaking I think the way we connect needs to change and the way that we pe build people's capacity around human connection so yeah we came together and decided that you know it would be great to do workshops yeah. programs and kind of yeah bits of work of kind of come to us which is really good and we've been doing a little bit of work with some schools and hoping to do some work with universities as well around how do you build healthy connections and what is the importance of, of human connections so I guess I'm quite lucky I get asked to speak about this project quite a lot yeah. um, and that allows me to really spread this message which is the most important thing you know you asked about our mission and that's really to impact people and to really change people's um, views on human connection and to build their capacity for how they connect with others yeah. and I think that can lead to a whole number of things right we talk about mental health I think that you know human connection is quite very closely tied to, to mental health, but yeah. wherever you sit on the mental health spectrum, you know whether that's someone who is dealing with some really serious issues around depression or loneliness, compared to the other end of the spectrum where someone's really thriving, I think that human connection can benefit both of those people, mm. um, and I think that we can always improve our ability to connect. So, yeah, for us, it's really about yeah building out these these programs and doing work with organisations, and then. I guess seeing where it takes us, but impact is really our, is, is at the forefront of, of our mission. I think that the more people we can impact, the more people we can affect, then that's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're about. So, yeah. I love what you're doing. I Thank you. Gonna, I reckon it's going to really take off. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Thank you. Really yeah, I'm actually so excited that like, we've got you in. And I feel like this is just the, you know, this is the beginning of the yeah, thank you. probably a really exciting journey for you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Take us back to the coffees. Yep. So for people listening at home, they might be like, oh, I wouldn't mind actually doing something like this. Because <laughs> when I heard your story, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I thought, maybe I'll do 50 coffees with 50 people at work you over should. 50 weeks. You or should. Yeah. And, but, <laughs> I don't want to steal your, your idea, but... <laughs> How did you approach the coffees yep. from the point of, especially at the start, when yep. maybe the first 10 or 20, were you going in like, I'm just here to hear this person's story? Or did you have some questions that you were like aiming towards finding out answers for? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the whole thing about this was there was no kind of framework around it at all. It was really just to try and learn from people's stories. I had no guiding questions. The conversations all flowed really well, which is really good. Um, but the biggest thing for me is that I didn't want to use this as a networking thing. That was kind of, mm. and I felt that often when people go in with guided questions or that they um, have a kind of something that they want to get out of the other person, that it turns into a bit of a networking yeah. type of thing. And mm. I think that, yeah, really, I just wanted to learn about other people. And of course, many of those people from the hundred coffees have helped me. Mm. They've introduced me to other people. It's you know led to a, a position at work that I that I had as well in two thousand and nineteen. So. 
I think that you know when you give more and you're genuine about learning about others then good things happen to you anyway and that was kind of my real another one of the takeaways for me so there wasn't a framework as such yeah. um, the first 10 were 10 companies I was interested in so I literally chose 10 companies I was interested in learning mm. more about and I wanted to meet someone from those companies mm. so I was really lucky to meet people from Apple or Google or um, you know other companies like that which was really interesting and really got an insight into I've been to quite a few offices actually um, in Melbourne which yeah. is really good so mm. um, but yeah I think that um, the coffees then flowed from there. You know, I would listen to a podcast and ask to speak to the person that spoke or, um, you know, a couple of my coffees had done a TED talk at the end and, yeah, met some really interesting people and inspiring people as well. That, but, yeah, there was no there was no specific framework. Mm-hmm. Mate, in terms of ratio of how many people you reached out to to how many people who accepted, yep. fascinated by that too. Yeah, sure. We're yeah. always encouraging young people to reach out to people yep. that they like what they're doing they admire in their career or in their life and they go and and, you know try and build that connection have you got any stats around that yeah no stats but I think that it was there were there were quite a few no's yeah to be honest and I think that that's you have to be okay with that Mm -hmm. not everyone has the time to meet you or sometimes people don't might not necessarily value the human connection the same as you so that's okay as well I think for everyone that said no, though, there was you know five that would say yes. Yeah. So at the same time, I would always encourage people to reach out. I think what you're what you're telling young people to do there is great. I think that if you write a message that doesn't have an like an edge to it, like with an angle, I think that and you genuinely want to learn about someone's story or ask for their advice or talk to them about something that they've done in their LinkedIn profile, they might have written an interesting article or mm. you know been on a podcast like this or whatever it is. And if you can reach out to them about that and show a genuine interest and come from a real you know, place of genuineness, I think that most people will, will agree to me. I think if they have time, uh, it's, you know, it's just half an hour or 15 minutes, right? It's just a coffee. So yeah. uh, if you approach it in that genuine way, I think that yeah, I think most people are happy to meet. But for sure, I, I got plenty of rejections and plenty of people didn't reply to me, but that's okay. They're not <laughs> in the 100 lost. coffees. That's, that's right. So they won't be in the book either. No, I'm just <laughs> oh, that's great. Have you got a book coming? No, nah, there's no book coming. Um, yet? I, not yet, no. Yeah. no. There could be one day. I think this. One thing I'm conscious of is protecting people's stories as well. Yeah. Uh, some people tell me some really personal things. Some of them talk to me about, you know, it's amazing what what you'll share with strangers. I think people talk to me about their relationships and their love life and all sorts of things as well. You know, we don't even wow. meet for five minutes. Yeah. Um, so I'm conscious to protect those stories yeah. as well. I think it's important to uh, look after people's privacy and to speak in generic terms at a high level about what I learned, but not necessarily specifics about individuals. Yeah. Yeah. What are, you doing, what are you doing now to, like, when the project, two questions actually, yep. when the project finished, <laughs> Yeah. Did you have like a little bit of a come down off it? Yeah. And then two, <laughs> what are you doing now to like keep that spark of human connection going for yourself in your daily life? Yeah, sure. Good question. Yeah, so there was a bit of a come down, sure, at the end. It was kind of like, what do I do now? Do I go to 200? Or... <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people have asked me that, like, what number are you up to now? Like, yeah. And it's funny, whenever, if I reach out to somebody now to talk to them, they'll say, what number coffee am I? I'm, like, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, you've missed the boat. Like, you're not, <laughs> you're not going to be in one of those, unfortunately. Uh, look, I have quite a lot of coffees. I think that uh, I'm really lucky that people are interested in this project and they're happy to that they reach out to me and they'd really like to learn about it, which is really fantastic as well. And I think accessibility is really important. I think that if you do something that people are interested in, um, just like people gave me time, I think that I always give them time. Mm. I think that's really important that you always stay grounded and you know, if you do something that people are interested in, that you always have time to, to give back. Obviously you have to look after your, your own time as well and kind of focus, but I think there's always time for, just like I said to others, there's always time for that coffee. So um, yeah, but for me, um, yeah, a lot of, Involve go to a lot of meetup events and 
really get involved with the, the social impact community and the startup community in, in Melbourne as well. I think it's really important. And of course, I have lots of um, different groups of friends, which is really nice. Um, one thing about the MBA that was fantastic was kind of the cohort around the MBA as well. Um, I think that's one of the benefits of, of doing a course like that. You really get to know people really well and quite deeply with you from a human connection perspective. So I've kind of lost that this year as well, which is um, something to reflect on and make sure that I continue to, to build those connections with people and, and stay in touch with those that I studied with as well. Yeah. It's a really good point about the MBA because I think a lot of people forget the actual network that you connect into when you take out a study like that. Yeah. Especially, I think, post-grad degrees too, where it's, you know, the the situation is like you, you've generally had some experience and then you're going sure. into more of a concentrated yeah. focus and that relationship that you build with the lecturers, with the the, other, um, the, the rest of the cohort is really important. Um, for people who are considering an MBA, any tips, pointers, insights around that? Yeah, I mean, it completely changed my life. I mean, a lot of my talk about the MBA is aligned with the 100 Coffees project, right? Because they, were, they went hand in hand together. So. Mm -hmm. For me, it was such a transformational experience. Um, I can't speak highly enough of the course. It was great for me. It gave me a really broad um, insight into different functions of business and how they can be applied to a social impact for my specific um, interest. But I met some amazing people, and not necessarily people from a networking perspective always, but people who become really good friends. Yeah. And um, that's really powerful. And a lot of the cohort that I studied with were international students. So I got a real insight into different cultures and different, different types of, um, you know, Business yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Business overseas and the way people work. So, and that was great. I think that um, any learning is fantastic. But I think that the biggest takeaway for me from the MBA was to put my hand up for as many things as possible. And that was what I said when I started the course. Was that was another of my goals that I set alongside the meeting a hundred new people was to put my hand up for as many experiences as possible mm. during the course during the two years. And I did an internship overseas in uh, Manila and went on exchange to Cambridge as well and did lots of things. I mean, if there was anything to put your hand up for, I was there. Yeah. And I think that's why I got the most out of it and I really loved the experience. So, but again, it's that reflection, right? I think that I really tried to, to write also about the MBA as well and what I was learning and how that was applicable. I remember walking into the first class and I had no idea what, what they were talking about. I remember walking into marketing class and I honestly had no idea. And um, towards the end of the course, I was reflecting back and thought I've really come a long way and uh, you know, it's credit to the lecturers and, and also the rest of the cohort as well because yeah, the, it's, a, it's a really good learning experience. Mm. Awesome. I love how much you keep talking about reflection. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Ty and I pretty much work together because we both love reflection. Yeah. That's how we. That's how our business started. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Yeah. But did that always come naturally to you, the reflection stuff, or did you read a book and you thought, oh, look, I'm, this is a really important part because it's rare to meet a professional that is so conscious of the reflection piece. I think we do it naturally a lot anyway, mm -hmm. but you seem to keep alluding to it like, yeah, I do that, I take the time yeah. to do it, I just reflect and yeah, so how did that come about? I think uh, I've been a soccer referee for 18 years now and when I started at a very young age, I think that one of the important things as in any type of sport is the ability to reflect on your performance. And I think that we had a number of talks through my career from sports psychologists who talked to us about the power of reflection after a game. And I think I've just applied some of those things that I thought what made me successful as a referee, one of the main things that made me successful as a referee was my self-reflection and the ability to self-reflect honestly on a game and say, mm. maybe I didn't get that decision right, maybe I could have dealt with that player differently, how can I do that better next time? And really taking that time to think about that. 
I think that when we're so busy and that we're always on our phones and we don't give ourselves that thinking time, that's one challenge that I think we have in future. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, just sitting there and thinking, you know, and, and allowing yourself to think is really powerful, right? And, and allowing yourself that reflection time. Yep. So even if people have to book that into their diary, for example, like I, you know, every Sunday I will go and write about my week and reflect on the week. I think that that's, and I have to do that because otherwise things just take over and you don't, you don't end up not doing it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah. The reflections come from my, my sporting experience for sure mm-hmm. and, and seeing the value of reflection on my performance on the pitch and seeing how could that be applied to the rest of my life. Mm. Can, awesome. you, can you break that down a little bit further too, man? So yep. when you reflect, because that's really cool how you're saying that the, the power of my reflection predicts my future performance. Mm-hmm. So can you break, can you walk us through your thinking around that process in a little bit more detail? Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, give it a crack. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that I think the biggest thing is about being honest with yourself. I yeah. think that that's probably the, the, the key takeaway. I think that for me personally, it's about writing. I think that that really helps me. Um, and, and to get those thoughts onto a piece of paper is really powerful for me. For other people, it might be different. They might find reflection from talking to somebody else and being reflective on their performance. But I think that the ability to be really honest with yourself is really important. Um, but you have to also, I think, having good mentors is really valuable because there's only so far you can go yourself, right? I think that if you have mentors that you can speak to really openly and honestly and unpack some of those reflections in more detail, um, I think that that's, that for me is how I would go about it. So I've been really lucky to have some best friends that I can talk to about everything and we talk about performance and we talk about reflection and we talk about all of those things that we've just talked about now. And that's really useful to me. So that's probably another element of where it comes from is my best friend is very reflective and talks a lot about gratefulness and, and how can we be more grateful and be more reflective. And I think that when we unpack some things together or you know, we send each other our goals for the year or how we track in with our goals this year. And when you're accountable and you're really honest, I think that that's the best the best way. Does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. Because yeah? Yeah. I think you know, the process of having a framework mm-hmm. for... For you personally, I think is, is mm. really important. So for sure. whoever's reflecting, as long as they're sticking to that framework yeah. and seeing that process through, I think is the most important part. Yeah. Because it's like anything, if you don't, if you do it once, what's it going to do? Oh, of course. And that's different for all of us, right? Mm. What works for, for, for us in here might not work for someone else. So it's important to find out what are your motivators and, and yeah. how can you, yeah, how can you reflect really honestly? Mm. Have you got any tips for like someone sitting at home going, oh, this sounds really good. I'd love to like build on my own positive social connections yep. or have better human connection, especially face to face. Before the show, you were talking about convenience over connection, which I know yep. you're excited to talk about. But <laughs> is there some practical things that people can do in their day to day life on top of also having 100 copies with 100 people? Yeah, that'd be a good start. Uh, <laughs> Look, I think the convenience over connection thing comes from a lot of choices that we make during our day or choices we make as a society to, yeah, to value, uh, you know, convenience and saving time over a human connection. For example, we can use the self-serve at the supermarket. We don't have to talk to somebody. We can skip the coffee line using an app. There's many other examples of this throughout our day. And when we add them up, that's really eroding all of our face-to-face connections, especially now when we're, you know, we can work from home. Workplaces are more flexible. There's more of the, the gig economy as well, you know, with Deliveroo and Uber drivers, and they're more isolated from other people and their colleagues. So um, that to me is a big issue. And I think that people, in terms of what they can do in their day to day, 
I think that really challenging some of those views and really saying, do I really need to skip the self-serve? Do I really need to skip the coffee line? What am I doing with that extra five minutes of my time? And I think that more often than not, it's we're playing on our phone or we're doing something that's probably not you know, productive, right? Yeah. So, and there's always time for that. And that's important to have unproductive time, obviously. But I think that when we really try and turn everything into a convenience mindset, it's always coming at the expense of human connection. And yeah, I think that having those interactions with people at the supermarket, really valuing, you know, learning the barista's name. But all of these things to me are so important. And this is kind of like building building a village, right? And we talk, we, for centuries and centuries, we've, we've really, um, that's how we've operated as human beings, right? We've really valued social connection with other people. So we really need to make sure we don't go away from that, particularly as technology advances so fast and so much quicker than we can really imagine. Um, we really need to really challenge some of those norms and do I really need to have this meeting virtually or can we meet in person or you know can we do one in you know can we do two out of four in person or you know that sort of thing mm-hmm. I think that that's what I'd like to see people do is really challenge some of these um, convenience mindset really challenge this convenience mindset it music to my ears because I think when we see a lot of young people entering the workforce they they don't yep. know how to have that face-to-face connection yeah because I think a lot of them are using the iPad, using the phone as a way of distracting them in social situations yeah, when they're young. Definitely. And then yeah. it's like, oh, so tell me about yourself. What have you been doing today? They're like, they go into deer in the headlights because it's not necessarily a conversation that they've yep. had before, that, yep. that they're familiar with. Yep. So I think you really hit the nail on the head there, man, around that, that type of process because yeah. it's just imperative in, in terms of building a community, building a network yep. um, locally. And, and across borders as well, I feel. Yeah. I think it's it's the responsibility as well of schools and of universities and of education providers to, to think about these things as well. I know they've got a lot of things to think about. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is this will be a big issue and loneliness is is going to become more of an issue as well in workplaces and the cost to workplaces of loneliness is you know, I think people are mm-hmm. twice as they take um, twice as many sick days, for example. So, so I think that the, when you think about it like that, there's obviously a lot of um, a lot that can be done, and I think that it starts with schools and it starts with universities and it starts with workplaces. Saying, do we really need to erode all of it? Do we need to make things more convenient, or can we encourage more human connection? And how do we create spaces for connection as well? I think that's really interesting. How do we how do we create spaces where people can connect rather than avoiding connection? The other thing I found really find really interesting too is that the power of social media in this process as yep. well. So how do we use social media in a positive way yeah. to bring about further human face-to-face connection? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, technology is an enabler for connection. And there's many there's many examples of that, of course. I mean, Meetup is a great example of, mm-hmm. you know, their mission is to connect people face-to-face, but they're a technology platform. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, so again, I think that Meetup is a, is a great example of a successful organisation that are, that are doing that. So... I think that technology isn't bad. I think that it's it's unfortunately a lot of it comes down to this. I believe the convenience mindset, mm-hmm. and that people people don't know how to use their time effectively, or they may not think that human connection is is important. Um, and I think it's really about educating people that it is very important, and that we are a very social species, mm-hmm. and we need face to face connections to thrive. And if we continue to erode them, then I'm not sure where that really leaves us as a society. So. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that we need to challenge some of these some of these norms. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. When it comes to 
your own use of technology in this process? Do yep. you do you have any routine around how much screen time you have and, and any mindfulness practices around that or anything like that? Yeah, yeah that's a good question. I, I think um, at times I can be as guilty as anyone of, of overusing my phone. I think that that's, we're all kind of in this mindset, but I, I try and balance that out by doing things like having 100 coffees in 100 weeks or... <laughs> Or similar, so, but no, I, I do try and minimise my screen time. I you know turn off notifications, so I'm in control of, of my yep. technology. But of course, you know I have a startup, right? The hundred coffee movement is a startup. We need technology to kind of run up what we're doing and make contact with people and reply to people on LinkedIn, and so they're an all enablers for connection. So mm-hmm. I don't have a specific issue with with tech in that sense or phones. I think that it's just how you use it. I think it's really good to take time. What I really like to do now is go go and write and just not take my phone, go to the beach and no technology and just write and just be really free from from technology because I think that, yeah, we're so, we're constantly looking at our phones and constantly, well, they're designed to distract us, aren't they? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're made to do. So we really have to try and fight that. So in terms of mindfulness practices, yeah, I, I utilize the screen time um, on the iPhone and yeah, turn off my notifications and I think I've removed all my social media apps mm-hmm. from my phone because... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a waste of time often now, so unfortunately. But, um, Except for LinkedIn. LinkedIn's good. <laughs> LinkedIn's okay. LinkedIn's okay. But even that can be can sometimes yeah. be, be too much. But I think as long as it's in balance, it's like everything. Um, as, long as, as long as things are in balance, there's, always, there's time for our phones and there's time for face-to-face connection. But I think we've gone too far one way mm. and we need to bring it back. Mate, one thing you mentioned in your, your TED Talk, which I think really resonated for myself, um, and I'm sure some of our listeners too, yep. around that, the question of um, when that, was it Steph? Yep. Asked you the question around the, do your personal values align with your career? Yep. And uh, yeah, talk us through that, that process and, and do you feel like you're on the track to, to that as well? Or are you, have you reached that through the 100 Coffees movement? Yeah, so... Yeah, I was sat there in coffee number four with Steph and kind of was in Collins Street. And as I mentioned earlier, the first few coffees weren't really transformational, but this one really was the transformational coffee of the hundred if you have to pick one of them. And yeah, she asked me, what are your personal values, like you said, and how do they align with your career? And that was a really powerful question for me at that time when I was going through the difficult time of what were my values? And I kind of thought, what do I do about this question? And I went home and on the left-hand side of the page, I wrote down my values. So the words that resonated with me, the things that were important to me in my life. And then on the right-hand side of the page, I wrote down the things that I was doing in my life. So the activities that I was doing, the relationship, etc. And there weren't too many ticks. And I thought that gives me a roadmap for how I can really get back on track. And that was kind of my, that went up on my whiteboard. So I had a whiteboard in my bedroom and I wrote up this kind of, this, this grid. And that really was a reminder for me of really, you know, doing things that align with your personal values is what makes you happier. And definitely, over the last two years, there's been a huge change for me in terms of I'm doing things that align with my values. The 100 Coffees movement definitely aligns with my values of having an impact and that human connection piece as well. But I think values are fluid as well. Mm. I think they can change, mm. uh, depending on what stage of your life that you're in. And, you know, for some people, they really love traveling in their 20s, for example, and travel might be one of their values and new experiences, but as they settle down or get older or they've seen a lot of the world they think that travel maybe not be one of their values anymore so that's just one example but there's many others and I think that values can be fluid and I think it's important to uh, to remember that also but and to do that exercise 
you know, on a semi-regular basis as well, you know, um, and to really, uh, what am I doing with my life? Do that, does it align with my values? Because that's really when we get the most, the most benefit. I think that one of the themes that came out of the hundred people that I met was the ones who were doing things that aligned with their values were the happiest. And they weren't necessarily the ones who were work, you know, working in the biggest company or working, mm-hmm. or making the most money. Some of them were quite the opposite actually. Um, but they were the happiest people and they talked quite openly about that. Whereas there were others who were working in jobs that they didn't align with but were getting paid quite big salaries but they said that they weren't enjoying it and they hated their job or whatever the case may have been and then there seemed to be other issues happening in their life as well which I found that really interesting also. Um, That was a really interesting... And I think that that's kind of... People would talk about that quite a lot. But to actually see that face-to-face... Was was a really interesting process for me and to see the way people reacted when we talked about values and mm. yeah that was yeah really interesting. Did you bookmark that as a question that you would use in further future coffees? So did you bring that into the conversation at all? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I think that the the values piece was definitely something that I started to talk about a lot more towards the end yep. of, the, of the hundred coffees. After Steph's question, it kind of really came onto my radar about how important alignment of values is. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it came up naturally. I think when people talk about their job and their career and what they're doing and what they enjoy and what gives them energy or you know what are they grateful for, I think that values often comes up in these conversations naturally anyway. So it kind of sometimes didn't need to be brought up. But there were times that I would ask whether that whether something aligned with someone's values or or words to that effect. And I think that that's where we, we had some really deep conversations and some of those conversations about people's relationships, for example, mm-hmm. came up and. Yeah, that, I was surprised with what, what strangers would share with me, but it, it was really nice, and I think that um, very powerful um, when when you talk about things like values and people really delve in. And again, people are really honest about yeah. themselves and what are their values because that's a really important process to go through as well. I think and um, very valuable for for anybody um, is to do that and do do the values alignment. For our listeners at home, when yep. you met Steph yep. and you wrote your values down on the left side and then you wrote your activities down on the right, was it stuff like, okay, well, family is a key value, but I'm not spending much time with my family. Friends is a key value, but I'm not actually making time to go to the yeah. pub and have a beer with my friends. Or learning is a key value, but what am I doing outside of... Yeah. Was it Was it sort of that sort yeah, it of It was, thing? yeah. Yeah, I think learning was probably... you. You definitely touched on one there. Learning was probably one of the biggest ones that I wasn't. I didn't feel like I was doing enough learning in, in, in the work that I was doing, and yeah, I didn't feel as though like I was really going anywhere in terms of an impact perspective. So another one was impact. Like I really wanted to have a big impact in the world and really help other people, and I didn't feel like I was doing that. So they were the type of type of values that that I that I wrote down. Um, I think for some people, values are kind of feelings. And I think for other people, values are like doing words, like travel, for example. So mm-hmm. I think that the, the definition of what a values is, is quite individual as well. I know there is a definition of values, etc. Mm-hmm. But I think that for, for many people, it can be quite individual. For some people, it's, it's actions and it's things that they do in their life. And for others, it's, it might be family or, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, or, or feelings. Yeah. I think it's really important with values. So I agree with you. I think yep. values are definitely fluid. Mm-hmm. And I've always struggled to write my values down yep. because I'm like, well, I want to write 50 things down. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, other people like you or some of the people that are like, I've got my three key values or my five key values. But I yep. think it's important to note that it yep. can be whatever you want it to be. It can be oh, 10, sure. it can be three, Absolutely. it can be 20 can change every week absolutely and I love your point about the travel say you know when yeah. you're in your 20s you might be like yeah, travel's sure. a key value and then yeah. 
your values are shifting and I think it's really important as well to have a priority or a value on your values. So which one is more of a priority than the other one? Yeah. Because we can't do everything. You need Correct. to have that balance and there's only a certain amount of time. Yeah. Absolutely. I, one thing, um, I just want to add on to that because I think it's a really good point, Danny. Like, there's been times where I've had discussions with clients in a careers session and the travel one's a great example because... I'd be working with someone, they go, oh, you know, when I was younger, I was traveling a lot. Um, and now, you know, I've found a job that gives me X, Y, and Z. And so I feel, find myself not traveling as much. I'm like, well, the reframe is, was it travel or was it more perhaps adventure or yeah, personal growth yeah, sure. as the value? And sometimes yep. I think it's or just, freedom. yeah, freedom, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so it's like that, the reframe of the actual attachment to the word as yeah, well. Yeah, that's fair analysis. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's really fascinating. Yeah. So where's the 100 Coffee Movement going now in the next six months, three months, year? Yeah. What's your, what's your vision or like, is <laughs> there anything? How can listeners get involved and give us a little uh, plug, yeah, sure. I guess, for what's to come? Yeah, so um, yeah, we're, we're really lucky to be doing some workshops and programs with some schools and we'd like to keep building those out as well. And yeah, like we mentioned earlier, we really want to work with other organisations, universities on building healthy connections and why healthy connections are important and challenging some of these things that we've talked about during the sh- during today's show. So that for us is really our vision and really um, building out our impact as well and, and impacting as many people as possible. That's why we started the 100 Coffee Movement. That remains our goal and that will always be our goal is to um, impact as many people as we can and really change the narratives around human connection. Um, and yeah, people can get involved. You can like us on LinkedIn or on Facebook as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm more than happy to catch up for a coffee, I'm sure, or, or, or answer any further questions about what we're doing with the 100 Coffee Movement. Or, But yeah, I mean, 100coffeemovement.com is our website, so um, we've got our updates on there and what we're, what we're doing, so we'll keep everyone informed on that. So Perfect. And mate, any book suggestions or anything like that? Because a book that keeps coming to mind for me, which was... Listeners will know this is like my favourite book, Lost Connections. Have you? No. Oh, need to read it, Chris. You would love it, mate. Yeah, I need I'll to send read it. it to you. Thank but, you. Um, it, yeah, it talks about the, the effectively the principles that you're talking about about yep. loneliness. Yep. And you know the lack of human connection. Yep. Rewind a little bit. Any books that you would highly recommend for people who are you know trying to get their head around more thinking more about human connection or positive connection, anything at all? Um, I don't know about books in that sense. I mean, the, one of the best books I've read is, is Winners Take All. Okay. It's a really interesting book about um, about the social impact industry yeah. and, and how yeah and how money is kept at the top or uh, where money is kept. So that's a really interesting book for me. One of my goals actually is to read more books. That's yeah. actually one of my goals. One, yeah. Over the last two years, I've been slammed with MBA readings, and um, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of so I did a lot of reading, but not necessarily books. Yeah. So one of my goals this year is actually to read read more books. Mm. Yep. Um, so I've set a goal of reading fifteen books. So yeah. We're at one at the moment, so I probably need to get a bit of a move on, but um, <laughs> I'll definitely read your your Start book with lost sure. connections. Yeah. 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 That's the second it's, one. Yeah. 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 Definitely yeah. on the same page. Yeah, so awesome. exciting to hear what you're doing. Thank you. Um, I can't wait for you to be out in heaps of schools and hopefully arrive in Thrive Crosses Paths. So yeah, absolutely. Maybe we can work together. In schools. It'd be awesome to see you guys out there. Yeah, absolutely. Really That's exciting. Good. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank show. you very much, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thank awesome. you. Thanks for listening. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of the Arrive and Thrive podcast, please let us know by sharing it with a connection and leaving a review. We hope that through this podcast, even more people can design a career and life that they love and are proud of. See you soon.